الحمد لله رب العالمين له الحمد الحسن والثناء الجميل وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له يقول الحق وهو يهدي السبيل وأشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه والتابعين لهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد وإن شاء الله تعالى going to go into our uh, series on علوم uh, القرآن the sciences pertaining to the Quran today inshallah ta'ala the lesson is going to be like this this is the layout remember at the beginning when we started this series what did we say this series we're going to study two things right what was the first part علوم القرآن and the second was what علم التفسير right صح we finished علوم القرآن now what are we starting today علم التفسير so we're going to take التفسير في اللغة in the language what does it mean in the language and what does it mean اصطلاحا number two we're going to الحديث عن نشأة التفسير And the tatawur in which it is done, the evolving and the formation, we're going to speak about it في مراحل ثلاثة. We're going to speak about it in three stages. The first one is في أحد النبي. The second one is في أحد Sahaba and the third one is Fi Ahdi Tabi'in. Al Hadith and Nashati Tafsir. And the way that we're going to be speaking about it regarding the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is Namadij. النبويه في التفسير and second point is ما مقدار ما فسره النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم when it comes to the sahabas we're going to be speaking about three points inshallah ta'ala The first one is Mahia Al-Usul Warraka'is Warraka'is Al-Lati Qama Alayha منهج الصحابة من هم هم علماء التفسير في الصحابة Here we're going to be speaking about three things من هو التابعي معنى تفسير التابعي number three is هل تفسير التابعي حجة that's what we're going to speak about today inshallah ta'ala let me go over it with you all First point, inshallah ta'ala, is التفسير في اللغة What does tafsir mean in the Arabic language? What does it mean? What does tafsir mean? This word, tafsir, what does it mean? In the Arabic language. What does it mean according to the scholars? What do the scholars mean by at tafsir Number two. 
we're going to be speaking about Nash'at al-Tafsir, how Tafsir came about and the evolving in which it went through. And we're going to divide that into how many stages? Three stages. The first stage is the Prophet's time and two points I'm going to focus on. Examples of the Prophet doing Tafsir. And number two is النبي, Did the Prophet do Tafsir of the whole Quran or did he do Tafsir some of the Quran and the discussions regarding that? Those are two points. Number two, what are the pillars and the foundation? What was the methodology of the companions when it came to Tafsir? Two, who were the scholars of tafsir from amongst the companions? Or were they all mufassirin? Those are three points, uh, two points. As for the timing of the companion tabi'een, we're going to speak about it in three ways. Who are the tabi'een? What does the tafsir of the tabi'een actually mean? Three, is the tafsir of the tabi'een a proof? Can we use it? Can we say that the tabi'een explains this ayah like this? Can we use it as a proof? Let's start with the first one, inshallah ta'ala, which is at-tafsiru fil-lugha. Tafsir in the, in the Arabic language. It means al-ibanatu wal-kashf. In the language, tafsir means al-ibana wal-kashf. It means to bring something clear, make something clear. That's what tafsir means in the language. Al-ibana, al-ibana wal-kashf. It is to unveil something. It is to clarify something. That's what it means in the language. What does it mean, istilahan? What does tafsir mean? Technically. What does it mean? It is al-ilmu, knowledge, al-ladhi yu'na, which gives importance to bi bayani, in clarifying Ma'ani, the meaning of Al-Qur'an Al-Kareem. So it is Al-Ilmu, a science Al-Ladhi yu'na in it um, Importance is given to understanding the meaning of the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the Qur'an. That's what it means التفسير اصطلاحا technically that is the technical meaning now we're going to go into تفسير and the historical formation of تفسير it's three stages in which he went through what's the first stage? The time of the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. When the Messenger was alive, he would explain the verses in the Quran. I'm going to give you a couple of examples. Namadij means what? Examples, prophetic examples of tafsir. Meaning, the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam do tafsir of ayat. Alayhi salatu, alayhi salatu wasalam. An example for that is, um, when he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he recited While he was on the pulpit The Prophet was on the pulpit Giving khutbah to Jum'ah And what did he recite? He recited the ayah وَأَعِدُّوا لَهُمْ مَسْتَطَعْتُمْ مِنْ قُوَّةٍ وَمِنْ رِبَاطِ الْخَيْرِ تُرْهِبُونَ بِي عَدُوَ اللَّهِ So he read this ayah وَأَعِدُّوا لَهُمْ مَسْتَطَعْتُمْ مِنْ قُوَّةٍ Prepare against the enemies what do you prepare against them? strength. Here the Messenger وسلم, he explained for us what it means in the ayah quwa. What kind of quwa do we need to prepare? And the Prophet said, 
ala innal quwwata rami verily the strength here means archery swords guns today whatever so the ayah explained the meaning of what the word al quwwah what it means who explained it nabi lahi muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam another example is the ayah alladhina amanu wa lam yalbisu imanahum bi dhulmin ulaika lahum al amn wa hum muhtadun the sahabas they read this ayah and the ayah says that whoever from amongst you does not do oppression what is he going to get he's going to get safety and he's going to get what guidance <coughs> so the sahabas they said who is from amongst us who hasn't oppressed himself who hasn't wronged because I said the one who doesn't oppress who, did, who from amongst us has not oppressed ever and then the prophet corrected the meaning of oppression here what did he say the oppression here is meant by yeah al-shirk he read the, he read the other ayah for them inna shirka inna shirka la dhulmun azim that shirk is a great oppression shirk is a what it's a great form of oppression. So, he explained it, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is an example of tafsir al-nabawiyya. Here's the question now. Did the messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, do tafsir of the whole entire Quran and open it and say, ayah, this means this, ayah, this means this, ayah, this means this, ayah, this means this? Did the Prophet explain the Quran? This question is ambiguous. If a person says to you, Did the Prophet explain the Quran? The answer is yes and a no. Yes, in the sense, if you mean, Did he explain the Quran قولاً, verbally and gave ta'liq on every verse? Then yes, no, he didn't. He didn't do that. He didn't do that for every verse. He didn't sit down and say this ayah, it means this, and this is what it's meant by it, and this is what it's meant by it. He did it for some verses, but not all of it. And what about the other verses? The other verses, he explained it through his actions. The 23 years that he was amongst them was a tafsir of the Quran. <coughs> Are we all together, brothers? The way he did things, the way he carried himself was an explanation for the Quran. Does that make sense, brothers? So we say yes, he did do tafsir of the whole Quran. And no, he didn't because he didn't explain it word for word. Does that make sense? And since the companions saw his doings, they knew what that was that, that is what the ayah means. Alayhi salatu wasalam. Like for example, the ayah. Did the Prophet do tafsir of that ayah? He will say yes. He went hajj and he said to the people, That's the tafsir of what? The ayah? Did the Prophet do tafsir of this ayah? Yes, he did. How? <coughs> he prayed and he taught them how to pray. So this is the response to this question. Now we're going to move on to the companions. We're going to move on to the what? Companions. First point. What are the foundations and the pillars in which the companions tafsir stood on? What methodology did the sahabas take to do tafsir? Are we all together brothers? We'll say number one. Write this down. This is the methodology that the companions took to do tafsir of the Qur'an. Number one, the first, they, this is the methodology that the Sahabas took. Number one is tafsirul Qur'ani bil Qur'an. They explained an ayah with another ayah. That was their methodology. So if there was a verse, they would try to find another verse that clarifies it. Are we all together, brothers? 
And I gave an example for that, which is what? الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَلَمْ يَلْبِسُوا إِمَانَهُمْ بِظُلْمٍ The ظُلْم here is being explained somewhere else in the Qur'an, which is what? In the shirka, la ظُلْمٌ عَظِيمٌ The Qur'an explaining. <coughs> There's a scholar who wrote a book in doing that to the Qur'an. Does anyone know which scholar that is? Huh? Muhammad al-Amin al-Shanqiti's tafsir is called Al-Adwa'ul Bayan. It's called Al-Adwa' Al-Adwa'ul Bayan. Fi Idah al-Quran ibn al-Quran. Muhammad al-Amin al-Shanqiti's kitab Al-Adwa'ul Bayan is the tafsir of the Quran with the Quran. Are we all together, brothers? I'm growing old, brothers. I'm growing old. <coughs> it's called Al Adwa. No, it's not Al. Sorry, I don't know why I put Al Alif Al Lam in front of it. It's not Al Adwa. It's just Adwa. Uh, it's Adwa Ul Bayan. Take the Alif Al Lam out of it and write Adwa Ul Bayan. Fi Ilah Al Quran Bil Quran. If I don't finish the name off, you just have to do a little more research, go home and just finish off the name. So that book is very good. Try to buy it. Muhammad Amin Shankhiyatiyu, he explains an ayah with another ayah. He does that a lot. Rahimahullah ta'ala, very well. Even that the scholars mention, oh, that's the reality that he really, a lot of his work on Adwa al-Bayan is actually taken from the tafsir of Qurtubi. It's a, he depended on it. Okay, the second one is Tafsir al Qurani bi Sunnati Sahiha. Number two is Tafsir of the Quran based on the what? The Sunnah. The Sunnah explains it. Number three is Al Tafsir bil Ijtihad. Tafsir of the Quran based on ijtihad. What is ijtihad? Independent reasoning. So they will do their own, they will look at the ayah and they will do ijtihad. Does that make sense, brothers? They will do ijtihad, they will look at the ayah. How would they do ijtihad? Does anyone know? They would use the Arabic language. They would use what? The ijtihad here is the Arabic language. Imagine today. What order did we mention the tafsir is done? How is it done? Al-Quran bil Quran. If you can't find it, then you go for Quran. If you can't find it, then you go for what? Imagine who, the person whose tafsir is based on the Arabic language, all of it. <coughs> and he himself admits that he doesn't know the, he doesn't know the sunnah. He says, I don't even know the sunnah. Is that a mufassir? Did he do in tafsir of the Qur'an? What is he explaining to the people? If he doesn't know, huh? The sunnah. Ajeeb. The Qur'an, it's this order. Allah knows what he's saying more than anybody else. So you find it somewhere else in the Qur'an. That's what Allah says in many places. He says, Subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَالطَّارِقْ what did he say after that? What's the ayah? What's the tariq? وَمَا أَدَرَاكَ مَا الطَّارِقْ Tariq means what? النَّجْمُ thaqib. Allah explained it. He knows it better than you what he means by it. That's one way. The second one is who knows the Qur'an more than us? Nabiullah Muhammad. Number three. When we say the Arabic language, Do we mean that we look at a person who now studied the Arabic language, the understanding he took from the verse, or are we looking at the Arabic language that the Sahabas understood? Which one? Sahabas one. The Arabic got tainted. It got changed. Are we all together, brothers? Today, if I say to you, this is makruh, 
What do you understand from Makruh brothers? That is what? The Quran doesn't use the word Makruh as disliked. It uses as what? Haram. <coughs> you see, it's changed for you. Allah says, He talks about, Wala taqrabu zina. Don't, go, don't come close to zina. Allah, talk, Allah talks about, Wala taqtulu awladakum. Don't kill your children. And then after all of that, what does He say? كل ذلك كان سيئه عند ربك مكروها. All of that to your Lord is مكروه. Is killing مكروه. Disliked. Is zina مكروه disliked? Yeah. Is it? No, it's not. It's haram. Then the terms have become different as time evolved. The Arabic that you're reading has changed from when it was the time of the companions. The poet, he said, I'm not a grammarian where I have to think if this is a mubtada. Okay, I have to pay, I have to pay some rafa on that. Is this khabar? A khabar is marfu'. Is this a maf'ulun bi? It's mansub. He said, I'm not a grammarian where I have to look. I have to think when I want to pronounce it. But I am an Arab. This is my language. When I say it, is grammatically correct. That's how the Sahabas were. They were not thinking about the grammatical construction of the sentence. We all together, brothers. So that's how the manhaj, the path of the companions, was when it came when it came to tafsir. We're now we're going to go to the tabi'in. Uh, sorry, sorry. I have men from ulama at tafsiri for Sahaba. Who are the scholars of the companions when it comes to tafsir? Number one, the Khulafa al Arba'ah, the four Khulafa al Rashidin, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, and Ali. No one's like these men. Who? Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, and Ali. These four, even though the, the Abu Bakr, the ayats that he gave tafsir on is very little in comparison to the rest, is because they, <coughs> they were busy with what? The issue of the Khilafah. That's what preoccupied Abu Bakr's time. Like no one knew the Quran more than him, Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala. Are we all together? How do we know that? When the messenger was dying, who did he command to lead the people? Huh? And we know the famous hadith is Let the one who knows the Quran the most lead the people. صح? And here the Prophet commanded who? To lead. So what does that tell us? That Abu Bakr is the most knowledgeable man when it comes to the Quran. And then Umar comes. And then Uthman. And then who? Ali ibn Abi Talib. After them come Abdullah ibn Mas'ud comes. Are we all together? Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he said, مَا مِنْ آيَةٍ فِي كِتَابِ اللَّهِ إِلَّا وَأَنَا عَلَمُ أَيْنَ نَزَلَتُ وَمَتَا نَزَلَتُ وَفِي مَنْ نَزَلَتُ وَلَوْ كُنْتُ عَلَمُ أَحَدٍ عَلَمِ مِنِّي بِكِتَابِ اللَّهِ تَقْطَعُ الْمَطَايَ مِنَ الْإِبِلِ لَرَكِبْتُ وَلَذَهَبْتُ إِلَيْهِ Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he said, I know every verse in the Quran, where it came down, who it came down, when it came down. And if I was to know anyone more knowledgeable than me in the Quran, in which I know I can go to him, I will take my riding beast and I'll go to that person. In other words, there is no one on the face of this earth today who knows the Quran more than me. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. And that was true. Every single verse I can tell where it came down. What time? Are we all together, brothers? And then, Shaykh al-Islam Taymi has a benefit here, a very good benefit, which is, who is more knowledgeable in the tafsir, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud or Abdullah ibn Abbas? Who's, yeah? Who? Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Who else? Any other person? Yeah? Abdullah ibn Abbas. I said, where, where do we take the statement of Ibn Mas'ud? He just said, there's not an ayah that came down. It's, 
Ibn Mas'ud died before Ibn Abbas. And he said, no one knows the Qur'an more than... I know every verse where it came down, who it came down and what it came down. Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, yes, when Ibn Mas'ud was alive, Ibn Abbas was young. Huh? But Abdullah ibn Abbas lived 30 years after and he gained more knowledge than Ibn Mas'ud had gained from the Quran. We were together. So Walid Ali, no one became like Ibn Abbas in the tafsir of the Quran. Are we together, brothers? Does that make sense? Abdullah ibn Abbas, the dua of the messenger got hold of him, which is, Allahumma faqihu fi deen. Oh Allah, give this man, Abu, uh, Abdullah ibn Abbas, what? Fiqh in the religion. Wa'allimhu ta'wil, and also teach him what? Huh? Teach him what? The interpretation of the Quran. What was the first thing Abdullah ibn Abbas took in when he was born? It was the Prophet's saliva, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. His mother, what did she bring? She just brought him without having given him no breast milk, nothing came out. And she came running to the messenger, alayhi salatu wasalam. And the Prophet took some dates, he placed it in his mouth, and then he rubbed that date, whatever, and he put it in the mouth of who? Ibn Abbas. And Ibn Abbas swallowed that. That was the first thing that went into his system. Radiallahu ta'ala. Radiallahu ta'ala. How old was he when the Prophet died? 13 and 15. Ibn Abbas was very young when the Prophet died. There's three views, 13, 15 or 17. Even let's say if he was 17. He's still young, right? Lakin. Ibn Abbas did not sit down. Meaning, he travelled to meet all the companions to take the tafsir from them. To the extent one day, the hadith of Sahih al-Bukhari, he came to Umar. Umar was a man who was truly venerated, everybody's. Umar had heiba, heiba, heiba. You can't walk to Umar. People scared of him. So for one year, Ibn Abbas was nervous to go to Umar radiallahu anhu, very nervous. For one year he's been, when should I approach him? No, not now, not now. For a year. One day he got an opportunity. He got a bucket of water. He gave it to Abdullah. Umar Umar went to do his call of nature. And when he came back, Umar, he said, hold the bucket for me. And Umar was washing his hand. And he said to Ibn Abbas, um, Ibn Abbas said, I have a question. For one year, wallahi, I was scared to ask you. And he asked Umar the question, what was the question? In tatuba ilallahi faqad sagat qulubukuma. Who's these two Allah is talking to in this ayah? Look at what Umar said. Umar said to Ibn Abbas, Wa ajabalaka ya ibn Abbas. Fascination be for you, Ibn Abbas. Why is he fascinated with him? Because he respects him when it comes to the Quran. Umar knows the value of Abdullah ibn Abbas when it comes to the Quran. He said, You don't know these two? And then he said to him, no. And then he said to him, Hafsa and Aisha. The two here are being spoken about is who? And then, فَبَدَأَ يَسُوقُ الْحَدِيثَ And he went into the lengthy story. Umar told him a long story of what happened. The point is, um, the understanding of Ibn Abbas. He went traveled. He went to Umar. He went to Uthman. He went to Zayd ibn Thabit. He went to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. He went to all of them took from him. He even once said to an Ansari man, come let's go, let's look for knowledge. Come let's do this. The Ansari didn't have the aspiration that Abdullah ibn Abbas had. He said, look, 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 relax. You really think people are going to need you when the big companions are alive? So some people are going to do that to you. They're going to say to you, you're too old, man. Come on, relax, take it easy. Or they're going to say to you, you really think people are going to reach a time when they're going to need you? They're going to try to break your heart. Abdullah ibn Abbas anhu didn't listen. He went, he asked, he questioned, he... Until what, brothers? Until one day, he, the people came, all of them came 
sitting under Ibn Abbas and the Ansari man came and he saw him. And he said, in minni. That young boy, wallahi, he's more smarter than me. He's more, he was clever, wallahi. Look at him. You see? So people sometimes will tell you things, but don't listen to them. Put your head to it. Don't let them break your heart and say to you, you can't do it. So Ibn Abbas went, Walidhalika, look at these brothers. Look at this. Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib, who is he? He's the father of who? Abdullahi. He's the father of Abdullah ibn Abbas. He saw him, he saw his son Abdullahi going with Umar. Umar saying, come with me. So he sat him down and said, Dad, Abdullahi, Umar loves you. Umar is bringing you close. Don't let him down. Be noble. Huh? Be a righteous individual. Uphold what he thinks of you. And Abdullah ibn Abbas took that advice from his father and was very, to the extent one day, Umar said to him, Brothers, I want you to. This is Adib. He's a young boy, 15, 16, 17. And he brought him into the Majlis Shura. Shura is the gathering where the government and the constitution and the whole system Umar is expanding an army to the, to the world and he's bringing a young 17, 16 into the gathering to the extent Abdul Hamad ibn Awf who's from the 10 promised Jannah he said to Umar, Umar, Umar this boy Ibn Abbas he's the seed he's the age of our children our children is the same age as him. He's sitting in a gathering with us. And we're talking about very deep, deep stuff. We're talking about serious stuff. This is not a... Umar radiallahu anhu said, I'll show you why I brought him into the gathering. Next day he said to him, Ta'ala, everybody's sitting here, yes. And he told him, Hayyah, the ayah, إِذَا جَاءَ أُمَدَ الصُّورَةِ إِذَا جَاءَ نَصُرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحِ وَرَأَيْتَ النَّاسِ يَدْخُلُونَ فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ أَفْوَاجَ فَسَبِّعْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ وَاسْتَغْفِرُ إِنَّهُ كَانَ تَوَّابًا He said, what did you guys understand from this surah? All of them, they said, um, that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi was commanded to do to her, istighfar and whatnot. When he saw the people coming to Islam, and he said, okay, what about you? They all said something. And then Umar said to Radiallahu Anhu said to Abu Abdullah ibn Abbas, Abdullah ibn Abbas, what did you understand from this surah? What fiqh did you take from this surah? We all together. And then he said, What I took from this surah is that this surah was telling Qurbu Ajalin Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa the Prophet was about to die. That's what it meant. The message behind that surah is that the Prophet's time is coming to an end. This is something that's Lazim, necessitates. It's not mentioned in the surah. And he's young. And then Umar looked at him and he said to him, Wallahi, what you've understood is what I understood from it as well. He looked at everyone else. No one brought that out of the surah. And we're all together, brothers. And that teaches us one thing, which is what? Inna Allah al-Quran aqwam. Allah. He raises people through this book. And another group of people. Through this book, Allah puts them down. They go low. And another group of people, Allah puts them high up in the sky. Even if they're young, a father, his son will lead him in the salah if the son knows more Quran than his father. What's the matter? He would say, oh, straighten the line, dad. And he would lead him in the prayer. The issue, this issue doesn't hold. This issue does not hold. Huh? I'm bigger, I'm older, I'm more experienced than you. No. Anyone who knows the Quran more than you is greater and better than you. We're now going to quickly go over um, the tafsir of the tabi'een. Who are the tabi'een? Tabi'een is man laqiya sahabi. I mentioned the khulafa al-arba'ah, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, Abdullah ibn Abbas, Ubay ibn Ka'ab Ubay ibn Ka'ab and Zayd ibn Thabit Walidharika just as a benefit 
Ibn Abbas from the Sahabas, if he says of you, does he take weight over everyone else? Yes. Ah, Ibn Abbas is tafsir. Unless it's opposing an ayah or something else, he's got extra weight huh? than the rest of the tafsir of any other companion. Are we all together, brothers? How Ibn Abbas is the highest. Ibn Abbas is what? The highest. And the students of Ibn Abbas are higher than the students of any other companion students. Like Mujahid ibn Jabrina. Tawus ibn Kaysanan. Sa'id ibn Jubayr. These are the students of Ibn Abbas and they have a greater weight. Are we all together? Pay attention. <coughs> now we're going to go to the tafsir of the tabi'in. Who are the tabi'in? The tabi'in are those who met the companions. Met. We don't say saw the companions because they could be blind. So we say met the companions. And they met the companions in what? In a state of iman. And they died upon Islam. What did they die upon? Islam. That's a companion. That's a tabi'in. What does it mean, tafsir al-tabi'i? Ma ma'ana tafsir al-tabi'i? What does it mean, tafsir of a tabi'i? What does it actually mean? It means, whatever has been transmitted to us from the tabi'in in which they commented on in clarifying the verse. It's their fiqh. It's their what they brought out of, out of the verse. Here there's a question now, which brings us to the third one. We know now what the tafsir of tabi'i means. The third question is, is the tafsir of a tabi'i proof? Is it proof? Um, we say the tafsir of the tabi'i without a shadow of a doubt, it's not equivalent to the tafsir of the sahabas. The sahabas is what? The Sahabas is higher. But if the tafsir comes from Mujahid ibn Jabrin, who is he? Tabi'i, right? Mujahid ibn Mujahid ibn Jabrin. He's a what? He's a Tabi'i. And he's from the students of what? Huh? Ibn Abbas. He's the one who said, Arathul Mushafa, Mishafa, Mashafa. However, you want to say it, three ways. It's a Muthalath. You can say Mushaf, Mishaf, and Mashaf. Three ways you can say it if you want to. It's like Jidda, Jadda, and Judda. You can say it three ways. He said, Arathul Mushafa. I presented the Mushaf Ala ibn Abbas. Ibn Abbas. Every verse I stop him. Stop. What does this verse mean? Carry on. Stop. What does this verse mean? Every verse. Three times. From one side to the uh, All through the whole Quran. And then again. And then again. Three times. Every single word and every single ayah Ibn Abbas explained it to him. This tabi'i is what? He's not... View is strong. To the extent Sufyan al-Thawri said, إِذَا جَاءَكَ تَفْسِيرُ مُجَاهِدْ فَحَسْبُكَ بِهِ If the tafsir of Mujahid comes to you, enough. Enough. Sufyan al-Thawri said that. Sufyan ibn Sa'id ibn Musruq al-Thawri. If it comes to you, the tafsir of Mujahid, say, Alhamdulillah, just take it. Are we all together, brothers? That's important to understand that. There's another tabi'i by the name of Abu Jawza. Abu Jawza, he said, Jawartu ibn Abbas ithnatay ashara sala. I was neighbors with Ibn Abbas for 12 years. 12 years I was his neighbor. And I took the whole Quran from him. Whole entire Quran. Here we have to understand. <coughs> 
if the tabi'i is known to take all of the tafsir from the sahabas, it has great weight. It has what? It's great weight. If the tabi'in all agree on the meaning of a verse, what does it become? Ijma'ah, we have to take it. If they differed amongst themselves and there's difference of opinion, then the difference is two types. Ikhtilafu tanawu' and ikhtilafu tabad. Are we all together? Ikhtilafu tanawu' and ikhtilafu tabad. Ikhtilafu tanawu' and ikhtilafu tabad means what? The first one is ikhtilafu tanawu'. Difference in terms of. It's a difference that you can reconcile between the views. That's the first one. It's called ikhtilafu tanawu'. It's a difference where you can reconcile between the two views. Tomato and tomato. Yeah, it's the same. Huh? It's like someone saying, oh, the cup is brown. And he's looking at this. And another one says, no, it's black. And he, or bra- uh, dark brown. Or black. And he looks at the lid. And another one says, it's green. And he looks at this. Everyone's talking about the same cup. Everyone just chose a part to pick. This we can reconcile it, no problem. We can re- we can reconcile. The second one is called ikhtilaf al-tabad. Ikhtilaf al-tabad means what? One is saying black, one is saying white. Are we all together? One is saying right, one is saying left. It's called ikhtilaf al-tabad. That can't be reconciled. There's no way to reconcile between this one. And this second time, ikhtilaf al-tabad, it's not a lot in tafsir. The one that the majority of the times you come across in tafsir is ikhtilafu tanawu'. Huh? I'm going to quickly write that. Ikhtilaf tanawu'. The second one is called al. Uh, so it's called. اختلاف التنوع عن اختلاف التضاد. So اختلاف التنوع what did I say? Tomato, tomato. You can reconcile between the two. Huh? The second one is what? Is اختلاف التضاد. Tضاد means you can't reconcile between the views. The Tabi'een and the Sahabas, a lot of their tafsir is what? Huh? Tanawur. Are we all together, brothers? Like, Ihdina Sirat al Mustaqim, or Allah guide us to the straight, straight path. No, another ayah, Allah says, Fabima Rahmati min Allah, no, sorry. Allah says in the ayah, Walidalika Falyafrahu, Falyafrahu. Be happy with it. Huh? What is it that we need to be happy with? Some of, the sah- sah- some of the scholars, they said Quran. Some of them said the Prophet. Some of them said Islam. Some of them the Sunnah. Each one. Is that, is that ikhtilafu tabad or is it ikhtilafu tanawah? It's tanawah. You have to be pleased with all of that. Does that make sense? A lot of the times the tafsir is ikhtilafu tanawah. It's really something you can take all of them. Rarely do you come across tafsir that's what? Tabad. Tabad is like, for example, when it comes to this ayah, that divorce is two. Uh, no, sorry. The in the ayah. Does it mean hayl or does it mean tuhurin? Ikhtilafu tabad. Ikhtilafu tabad. Does the word qur' does it mean menstruation or does it mean what? <coughs> Purification. This is what? You can't reconcile between that. It's different. But the overwhelming majority is what? Tanawa. Um, alhamdulillah, we finished what we wanted to do today. Um, anything which I have said that was wrong or incorrect is from me, Shaytan, and Allah and His Messenger are free from it. Subhanakallah, Allahumma bihamdik, ashadu wa la ilaha illallah, astaghfirullah, atubu ilayhi. Any questions?
before I, I, I take any of your questions, I just want to really say, brothers, number one, really, really take and give a lot of importance to all of this information. Please, it's for your own good. You have the whole week. If it was my choice, personally, I would have made this class every single morning. Sarahatan I would have. But, Allah Azza wa Jalla, Allah gave you guys the chances once a week. Once a week. You have six days of a one hour, one hour and a half, two hours information. Which on Sundays, the overwhelming majority of the times, Sunday the video is uploaded. You can go over it straight away. My advice to you brothers is this knowledge is either going to be approved for you or against you. Take it serious. It's not a, this is not a lecture. It's not heart softening. There are other times and places for this. This is knowledge. Try to not be next time I'm going to do what I did today randomly ask you questions. <coughs> Hey, Fadl, questions? Fadl. Fadl. Um, you know the Sulafiyah? Um, yeah. So there's three people, three narrations between the... The Prophet and the, and the, and the author. So for example, can you give us one example of that? Yeah, for example, Imam Malik. He's, for example, Shafi'i, for example. He would say Malik, Nafi' and Ibn Umar. And then the Prophet would, <coughs> would be after that. So that's three. There's three people between the Prophet and the author. Second question. question. Which one? Uh, Qurtubi, Qurtubi. Abu Abdullah al Qurtubi's Ahkam. Who is the Mufassirin from the Tabi'een? So we have Mujahid, number one. We have Sa'id ibn Jubayr. We have Tawus ibn Kaysan. We have Dahaq ibn Mazahim. We have Abu Aliyat al-Rayahi. We have Qatadit ibn Da'amat al-Sadusi. There's a lot of Tabi'een, Kutur. We have Suddi. Suddi, now. Ayah, fadal. Ayah, fadal. Ah, we're going to be doing that next week. We're going to talk about the different tafsir books, tafsir Mujarir Tabari, and the, the different publications for it, and tafsir Abi Hatim, tafsir Al Muharrar. Uh, by Ibn Atiyah we're going to speak about that in great details inshallah ta'ala and is Ibn Kathir's tafsir a summary of Ibn Jarir al-Tabari as commonly people think it is we'll discuss that the best one is the haqiq of Fahad al-Fuhid Fadl You see, when the question was asked, the person didn't mention Ibn Majah, like when he answered it, he added Ibn Majah to Ibn Taymiyyah. Maybe in Nisiyan or whatnot. Like in, the real reason why some of the scholars always didn't mention Ibn Majah is because I think we mentioned it. Ibn Majah was later added into the Ummah to Sitta. There was always a dispute whether Ibn Majah or Ahmed ibn Hanbal or Muatta al-Imam Malik or Abu Dawud al-Tayalisi and others were pushing other people in there. Huh? Ibn Majah is, it falls under the Muttabih. None of them are Muqallidin. None of them are blind followers, no. Who 
with the neighbor who neighbored in Abbas for 12 years was Abu Jawza. Rib'i ibn something like that. Abu Jawza Rib'i. His name is Abu Jawza Rib'i. Any other questions? Ha Fadal. Ikhtilafu? Ah, no, if it's, if it's the if it's tabad, they're opposing each other, you look at who's the closest to the evidence. I mean, if there's ikhtilaf or tanawur, there's really not ikhtilaf, they're all together, so that's no problem. But if there's ikhtilaf or tabad, you look at who is more closer to the evidence. That's when we do tarjih of. It's when there is no ayah to explain it, and there's no hadith to explain it, or there's no aqwal al-sahaba. The sahabas haven't said anything, or the tabi'een haven't said anything. The fifth we go to the language. The fifth we look at what? We look at the Arabic language based on what it means. And where, where did he do it? Ha. Is it Ijtihadi? Now this is, it was a waqa'ah that they saw. When Surah Al-Tahrim, you mean, right? Oh, إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحُ Ha, that's Ijtihad. Ha, this is, now, okay. This is based on Dalalat. The dalala here is what? Dalalatul mutabaqa, dalalatul tadammun, dalalatul iltizam. This is, it is there. But it's, it's a dalala which is far-fetched. It needs ijtihad thinking. It necessitates it. Are you with me? You know dalalatul iltizam? For example, if I say, um, this masjid. When I say masjid, what comes to your mind? No, a carpet, a roof, of course, a minaret comes to your mind. I didn't say that. A door comes to your mind. Locks come to your mind. Sah. Microphone comes to your mind. Sahih. Because that's dalalatu mutabaqa. With all of that in it is what the mystery is. Good. Tabamun means when I take part of that and I say window. I've taken a part of the house. I'm at a part of the masjid. Dalalatul iltizam means if there's a masjid, then somebody must have made it, right? Sah. Somebody must have made the masjid. That's iltizam. It's nothing to do with the masjid. It's just external point that you would automatically know is in place. Sah? So some of the words of the Quran are like that. I'll give an example. Allah says in the Quran, Allah الذي خلق سبع سماوات ومن الأرض مثلهن يتنزل الأمر بينهن لتعلم أن الله على كل شيء قدير وأن الله قد أحاط بكل شيء علما. Allah creates, right? Does He not create? I automatically know. If Allah is a creator, he has to have the, the what? The knowledge. And he has to have the will. I got those two by iltizam. You know why? Creating, to know how to create is not enough. That's just one portion. The other one is that you want to create. Sahih. Are we together brothers? That's what Allah says in the ayah. Allah الذي خلق سبع سماوات ومن الأرض مثلهن يتنزل الأمر بينهن لتعلموا أن الله على كل شيء قدير. قدرة كيمياء. Because خلق was mentioned. وأن الله قد أحاط بكل شيء. If you want to create, you have to have two things. You have to have the ability and the wish and the will. صحيح. Let's say I can make an iPhone. But I don't want to. What about if I want to make an iPhone? But I don't have the ability to. صحيح. So I need these two. These two necessitated from being able to be one who creates. Does that make sense? That's the dalalatul iltizam. So the sahabas had that knowledge. And we mentioned it last time, remember, when we mentioned the concept of the woman who was brought to Uthman ibn Affan who is accused of zina. How did they bring that? That's called dalalatul ishara. It was necessitated from the ayah. They had that, the sahabas had that. That's ijtihad that they would do. 
and it is based on the language, but it's a far-fetched. No, no. The door of ijtihad is not locked. We have mustajadat. We have contemporary issues happening that require to be brought back to. To what? To an ayah. New things are happening. We're seeing new things nowadays. Sahih. Are you allowed to harm a Muslim? Huh? Are you? But the time of the Prophet, what was the harming? Physical. I'm a verbal, right? What about if I harm a person over, over the internet? And I said, this, is what, this was not what the Prophet was talking about. Huh? You're going to say, you're going to use a qa'idah which is? Al-dararu yuzal. Sahih? For internet, that's a nazila, that's a contemporary issue that hasn't been at the time of the Prophet. Huh? So, the tafsir of the ayat sometimes need to be applied to contemporary issues to show that the ayat still are working, still functioning. Does that make sense? So ijtihad has to be done. To show you that tafsir is needed. Why did Muhammad al-Amin al-Shanqiyatiyu come and do tafsir of the Qur'an when there's thousands of mufassirin who already done tafsir? Huh? The scholars, they believe a qa'idah, which is what? Kam taraka al-awwalu lil-akhar. How much has the early one left for the later one? Then after Muhammad al-Amin al-Shanqiyatiyu, Abdul Rahman al-Nasir al-Sa'di came and he done tafsir again. Are we all together, students? I mean, whoever from both of them came first. But that just shows. And today, people are doing... Ibn Uthaymin came. He didn't say, oh, my teacher done tafsir. So I don't need to mention. He did tafsir. It's Ibn Uthaymin. Everyone's doing tafsir. It's carrying on. Mm. Does that make sense? The muqallid has to go through daraja to taqlid first of all. He has to follow madhab as the madhab days and he follows that. And then when he finishes that, then he becomes a muttabi'. And then after being a muttabi', then he moves on to ijtihad. He's never any of them two at the same time. So each madhab has their different what? Usul. Uh, the asal itself is being done tarji'an. So the person is a muttabi'. He's going to reject a asal based on madhab al-shafi'i and say, this asal is wrong. This asal is a what? This usul shafi'i believe is wrong. Like for example, Imam Malik believes the qawl ahl medina is a what? It's a hujjah. A person is a Malik if all his life he's been accepting that, now he might do tarjih and say, I don't believe that. I believe the Sahaba, umuman, wherever they are in the world, their speech is hujjah. Are we all together? So he may go against that. Are we all together, brothers? What ma ila dalik? It can happen now. Furu' and usul, a person would do itiba' he will go against it. Like in the mujtahid, he may even make a asal. The mujtahid. He makes his own asal. He's reached that level. He just cannot go against ijma'ah. And he can't go against the nas. Does that make sense? Last question. La. A muqallid cannot follow a muqallid. A muqallid has to follow a mujtahid. And it's not enough that he follows a person of knowledge only. Pay attention to this. The poet, he said, وَلَيْسَ فِي فَتْوَاهُ مُفْتٍ It's not enough that you follow a scholar in his fatwa. What, do you, what does he have to have? He has to have wara' with his ilm. To be a person who's known with, not just he has knowledge. He has to have a person who's right. He eats halal. He watches what he says. His actions are in accordance to his knowledge. Huh? A lot of conditions. It's not just any, huh? Not any individual. That's what person follows. Here is the question. Does he stick to that person? Or does he go 
to him some issues and he can go to issues with somebody else. And what's the line between tatabu'ur ruhas and this? There's a lot of discussions behind that. We don't want to go too, into that. But the, if a person is a blind follower, let him just blind follow one person. And take his fatwa. That us. Later he'll find out if he's right or he's wrong. Because Allah said in the ayah, what did he say? فَاسْأَلُوا أَهْلَ ذِكْرِ إِن كُنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُ وَاللَّهُ أَعْلَمُ وَصَلَّى اللَّهُ وَسَلَّمُ عَلَى سَيِّدِنَا مُحَمِّدُ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَصَلَّ